0: Welcome to the Brentus foundation podcast and happy new year. Wait, can we still say that? I don't know compliments of 2023 to kick off the year. I'm starting a new series called the legacy Africa through their eyes. This is a series that features past heads of states of African countries as they walk us through their personal lessons of leadership and how they defined their legacy. This is one you would not want to miss. For our first ever episode, I'm happy to share with you nuggets of wisdom on leadership, democratic governance, and a father's aspirations for the continent. Joining me is His Excellency, Dr. Ernest Bai Koroma. His Excellency, Ernest Bai Koroma was democratically elected for two consecutive terms from 2007 to 2018 as president of Sierra Leone. During his tenure, he implemented far reaching democratic reforms, which resulted in the remarkable transformation of Sierra Leone. Throughout his tenure, President Coroma demonstrated a strong and unifying leadership in rebuilding his country, fighting corruption, strengthening democratic good governance, and in improving economic stability, which attracted international attention and commendation. His legacy for the people of Sierra Leone includes but is not limited to the consolidation of peace, a massive rebuilding of roads, piped borne water, energy infrastructure, you name it all. All of these things which were severely destroyed during the 11-year civil war. Since leaving office in 2018, Former President Koroma has dedicated his post-presidency to advocating for issues that are fundamental to peace, democracy, the environment, women and youth empowerment. Today, we hear not just about his achievements, but the man behind these achievements. Have I introduced myself yet? I'm Noel Ngokolo, and I'm the host of the Brentas Foundation podcast. So Your Excellency, Dr. Inez Baikoro, it's an absolute pleasure having you here. Thank you so much for joining me um, as the first in our Africa Through Their Eyes legacy project. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing very well, Uh, enjoying my retirement and as you know, (laughs) engage in activities such as yours and others uh, uh, as a way of uh, sharing my experience and knowledge.
0: Indeed, I mean, you say you are enjoying your retirement, but I'm pretty sure you are just as busy because I see a lot of the things that you are doing.
1: Well, thanks to you (laughs) and uh, other organizations, other organizations like uh, ECOWAS, the AU, and the UN, and uh, other uh, NGOs, yeah, keeping me quite. Busy. You uh, busy so it's not like a total retirement i'm still <laughs> <laughs> open about
0: Indeed. no it's an absolute pleasure to always get your insights and your presence at these events so your excellency you. i don't want to take too much of your time i'm going to delve into this i think the chance to have you here and to share and to reflect back on your experience is something that I'm extremely grateful for, and I'm certain the audience as well would be. And I think I'll start here. What would you say, Your Excellency, is your fondest memory of your time as sitting president of Sierra Leone?
1: Well, I will say that uh, when we got to the point of uh, exiting from the Ebola crisis, yeah. a crisis that uh, uh, affected the country from May 2014 to 2016. And uh, throughout the two years, it was a complete shutdown for the country, mm. activity for everybody, very anxious moments. Mm. Uh, moments in which we lost thousands of serial unions, Mm. Uh, moments in which everybody was almost locked in his or her house without going to work, without going to the farm and very worrying moments, you know, worrying moments the world came in to assist but um, uh, when I took up the challenge of being the front runner in advocating, mobilizing the people to take up the fight mm-hmm. against Ebola. And we started seeing a gradual turnaround. And uh, I saw happiness again in the phases of Sierra unions. You can see the smile. That you had not seen for over two years, yeah. and you see the commencement of businesses that have shut down, and mm-hmm. uh, so many things uh, giving a new shine, a new light to Sierra Leone. Yeah. I think uh, that uh, was a great moment. In spite of all other of activities, mm-hmm. that moment coming out of uh, the very difficult and extremely isolated situation, I think it was uh, a great moment for me.
0: No, definitely. I mean, I can't even imagine, but I think it's one of the things that definitely sort of put you out, even above everything else as far well as, right, is the test yeah. of true leadership. You definitely rose up to the rank, and uh, I'm not sure it, but I'll say we West Africans. if I can claim you at that level, are extremely mm-hmm. proud to have had a leader yeah. like um, at that time. So another thing I wanted to touch Mm. on was, you know, I mean, Sierra Leone in 2012, 2013, hit about 15, um, and then 20% growth, for instance, which was like massive, right? Sierra Leone was one of the fastest growing economies in the world at that time. As you look back on your time as president, um, knowing what you know now, what would you say were some of the key ingredients that enabled you to transform uh, the Sierra Leonean economy at that time?
1: Well, I will say that um, I came in prepared. Mm. Uh, Prepared because I witnessed all that went wrong in the country uh, that uh, culminated to the civil war that lasted for 11 years. And I saw the destruction, uh, the suffering of the people, and... uh, I saw uh, uh, the devastation of everything that the country had by way of infrastructure, uh, both uh, social and economic, and uh, having witnessed all of that grim situation, the darkest, what I would refer to as the darkest period of our history. I was prompted from that point. I came from a political uh, family, but at that point, I was prompted that it was time for me to get in and uh, effect the changes that were necessary for the country. Mm -hmm. I came in at a time when the the war was declared over, but there was, uh, uh, there was, uh, a fear that there will be a relapse to a civil war. So when you come in as a president at a time like this, when the infrastructure is down, the, the, the morale of the people and uh, the, the national entity is not existing and you take up a responsibility, if you are not prepared enough for that responsibility uh, you will have a reversal but fortunately looking back i would say that i was prepared i came in uh, my focus was uh, getting the country together building and consolidating the peace that has been signed and Sierra Leoneans we are committed to but it is not just consolidating peace. When you consolidate the peace, there is a need uh, for you to um, build the economy, build infrastructure, build cohesiveness that will continue to give the people hope, that uh, will continue to give the people the democratic dividends that they are expecting that will continue to show evidence of a difference between where they uh, come from and what they should be expecting moving forward. So that is why when I came in, I quickly uh, worked on and around the consolidation of the peace. I needed to ensure that we have to build our infrastructure. And that was, Uh, one of uh, what I enlisted in an agenda I call the Agenda for Change. Of course, I hit the ground running with the Agenda for Change. There was a need for us to uh, address every facet of uh, uh, the activities of the country, but because of the limited time, the limited resources, we had to prioritize, and that was why I had an agenda. Uh, which I call the Agenda for Change that focus on uh, building up the infrastructure, uh, uh, trying to have energy in the country, uh, ensuring that the social services that we are down and out, uh, built again and uh, uh, ensuring that for sustainability, uh, the private sector is allowed uh, to flourish. So this was what I focused on, and uh, every step of the way, my emphasis was will this action further consolidate the peace? Mm -hmm. This action ensure that we make progress in our infrastructural development. Is it going to contribute to national cohesion and the building of our social services? Is it going to allow the private sector to grow, to allow for employment and other opportunities? So these are what I believe I got right. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we worked with it. We ran with this. uh, We started uh, building the infrastructure of the country. Uh, There was like uh the country was in a works everywhere in the country and i made sure that because there was a need for us to uh, uh emphasize on national cohesion everybody every region every district of the country had a share in the national cake so yeah. everybody was not left out mm-hmm. and i also um uh, translated it into even the national politics i made room and uh, provision for the opposition parties. Uh, I remember the first visit I made out of the country uh, to go out and introduce myself to members of ECOWAS and the AU. There was not a trip I made without the presence of a high profile member of the opposition. to the extent that uh, even members of my party were not happy. But Mm -hmm. I was focused on, you know, inclusiveness, getting everybody to be part of the process because of the peculiarities of our circumstances. Mm -hmm. We are coming from war. You do not want any distraction. You want everybody to feel part of the process and to grow the process. So because I got all of it right there was uh, an effective national cohesion and i took the right steps effected effected the right changes in terms of legislations to open up the economy to attract foreign direct investment yeah. i think all of these measures i think uh, got us to the position we are in The World Bank became interested in what we were doing. The the IMF was interested. Uh, The EU, our development partners, we became interested in what we are doing. And uh, we earned the confidence of uh, the private sector. Uh, Because uh, whatever the the Bretton Woods institutions will do, it will not kind of uh, create the kind of uh, Economic development that is required as is would be the case when you have a foreign direct investment.
0: Mm-hmm. So, with
1: all of this confidence built up, we started earning uh, high ratings in the World Bank. Uh, we we are uh, rated as uh, the first ten in uh, transforming, first 10 countries in transforming themselves in. Uh, uh, reforms and uh, other governance issues. And the, the Mohi Brahim started rating us very high. And this enhanced our credentials that attracted foreign direct investment. That is why at that time we attracted so much foreign direct investment. And there was so much happening that uh, we 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 catapulted ourselves to one of the fastest growing economies in the world
0: yeah no that that is remarkable and i'm here I'm, I'm i'm so excited because i think this is the essence of the conversation right to hear some of the reasons why you did certain things and how you did them and i think one of the you know really you know fascinating things that you just said to me right now and there's something that i'm starting to understand a bit more when you've affirmed is this idea of whenever you made these decisions you had to Keep asking yourself those questions, right? Will this further the goals of consolidating peace, of making progress in infrastructure, or mm-hmm. adding to national cohesion? And I, I don't know that it's always something that um, a lot of people do, because right, we get lost in this idea of a lot of priorities, and it's being able to come back to what exactly are we trying to achieve, and is this action going to benefit that? I think that's magnificent. So thank you so much um, for sharing that, um, and I'm so You're glad. Welcome. You mentioned FDI because I think that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. You know, you've been credited with enacting a policy of economic openness uh, by attracting foreign direct investment in Sierra Leone, um and that you know, FDI levels have since even never surpassed some of the peaks that you reached. And I'm particularly curious. What was it like to be able to pitch, if I can call it that Sierra Leone in a world that was extremely competitive coming out of the history that the country had, but also in a region that not a lot of people trusted? And what did you find to be the right strategy to go in about this? I think this would be quite important, especially as a lot of African countries now think about, you know, this idea of involving the private sector a bit more and finding ways to secure um, finance and investment.
1: You see, it's just it's all about uh packaging yourself. Um we had uh our natural advantages, com- uh, uh comparative advantages and orders, but coming from war and having all of uh, uh what happened to us out there. I mean, the Sierra Leone story was out there for the wrong reasons. Uh, you have to quickly repackage. And repackaging is not just by empty propaganda. They have to see that you are committed and what you see you're doing. Right. And it has uh, an effect. And uh, the uh, and repackaging requires uh, you to... Uh, ensure that the legal environment is uh, conducive, not only for your people in the country, but also for a potential uh, international investor that will come in. Uh, the processes are above board and secured and transparent. So that is why we emphasize on, uh, in the first place, ensuring that uh, uh, we uh, come up very strong in the fight against corruption yeah uh, we we gave the anti-corruption autonomy before our time it was still the responsibility of the government to determine who should be prosecuted or who should not be prosecuted uh, that in itself created some limitations and when we came in we reviewed the act quickly. Mm-hmm. I came into office in 2007 and by 2008 we have put out, an anti-corruption act that was one of uh, the most effective in the whole of Africa. Mm-hmm. And people saw it, it gave autonomy to the anti-corruption commission. They, they had to uh, investigate and prosecute and uh, they were allowed to go into any area the evidence led them. So that was that kind of openness and independence given and commitment that we are prepared to ensure that uh, our systems work well. And also in the fight against corruption, we also ensure that we took the necessary steps in uh, uh, advertising and letting the people own the process, uh, knowing that uh, it's not just coming to uh, uh, victimize people and it is not just a tool that is used to pursue opposition Mm -hmm. uh uh, members but it is something for the country and if we all work on it together we will realize the benefit because uh, corruption is embedded in most of our countries and uh, when the, the the people out there see that there is a great political will and there is a determination to ensure that the process itself is owned by the people and there is a commitment by, uh, and responsibility by the people to work on it, then it gives uh, a new um, uh, relief to the people, a new thinking and uh, a new commitment that will give the impression that these guys are serious about what they're saying wow. and what they're doing and they do it right. Now, in addition to that, we effected the, change, the laws in taxation. We uh, uh, put in place... Uh, institutions, uh, the, the the procurement institutions ensure that there is transparency and accountability in the processes that we do to ensure that the private sector has some space and they feel confident. Mm-hmm. We instituted the commercial courts, uh, the fast track commercial courts. So everybody had this kind of Confidence that yes, it's open, and yes, this is a Sierra Leone is a place to do business, and uh, with all of what we did and the rankings that we gain in terms of doing business uh, index, uh, in terms of the Mo Ibrahim and other indices, uh, the fight against corruption, uh, the freedom that is given to people to Mm -hmm. say their bit, I see it all of it worked well for us because. That was my focus, that was my determination. And I was driving the process very strongly Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, ensuring that uh, we have a limited time uh, in governance. We cannot, we are not there endlessly, but for the time we're there, we have to send the right signals and create the right impact so that the, 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 the world out there yeah. We look at Sierra Leone from a different perspective, yeah. and that was what happened, and that was what created the kind of uh, competitiveness, yeah. and I mean, this is a country that is coming from war, but certainly they are now, they have now positioned themselves, and they are now very competitive, it is a peaceful country, it is a secured country, and uh, we worked in all of these avenues. And uh, I think uh, it earned us uh, dividends. And um, shortly after uh, uh, Sierra Leone was no longer known as a uh, uh, country for the blood diamonds, but a country where in you will have, uh, you can come in and invest, your investment is secured. You can have a return on your investment and you feel safe and secured even uh, working with uh, the people of the country
0: that brings us to the end of today's show i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did putting it together i love love learning new things Hey, if you enjoyed this chat, you definitely enjoy others that came before it. Check out previous episodes on whichever platform you're tuned into now or visit our website www.thebrenticefoundation.org for other episodes. As always, thank you so much for listening. And if I could make one last ask of you, please do share this with others. Again, you're listening to Marie Noel on the Brentice Foundation podcast and it's been a pleasure sharing this time with you.